0: Hey, I want to talk to you about a very special podcast that is going into its second season, Veronica Mars Investigates. Their second season is going to premiere on March 24th, and a little bit about Veronica Mars Investigates. It is a very, very cool recap podcast, and if you like very, very cool recap podcasts like this one, you're probably going to like that one. It's hosted by Jenny Owen Youngs from the hit Buffy recap podcast, Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and Helen Zaltzman from the award-winning entertainment podcasts, The Illusionists and Answer Me This. They are podcast royalty, and they have come together to create this show about the Veronica Mars television show. And if you haven't watched Veronica Mars television show, it is a teen comedy drama thriller noir. You can hear the first season of Veronica Mars Investigates now on all the podcast places and at vmipod.com. But season two, March 24th, get ready. You'll enjoy it.
1: A thin semantic line separating weird and beautiful.
0: And that line is covered in jellyfish. Good morning,
2: Night vale. <laughs>
0: Hello, everyone. My name is Meg Bashmaner, and I am an Aries who is allergic to cats.
2: My name is Hal Loveland, and I'm a Capricorn who is allergic to mold and also pollen, but also dust mites.
1: And I'm Symphony Sanders, and I'm a Libra who's allergic
2: to nothing.
1: And we're here to talk to you about... Welcome to Night Vale. It's our favorite show. And it, this is our show where we talk about our favorite show with people who are on that show. And it's great. Why do we do it? Because we like it and we like you.
0: We like you so much. Um, this episode is Whispering Forest. The description of this episode is a beautiful and alluring forest suddenly appears just outside of town. Plus, school closings, a dream journal mandate, and a moon exhibit at the Children's Science Museum. Reactions and revelations. To me, this is the definitive Welcome to Night Vale episode. Oh.
2: This is. Wow.
0: Like, this is the one. If I want if someone was like, like, so what's Welcome to Night Vale? Be like, okay, listen to 22, uh, Whispering Forest.
2: Wow. Why do you say that?
0: Several reasons. One, the, the cold open itself. So it's talking about the line between weird and beautiful, which I think that's a lot of what Night Vale is, is expanding yeah. upon the weird and beautiful in that relationship and how it does perfectly form in the jellyfish. Um, but it is, yeah, I think there's so much of, like we talk about, uh, there's just the re- recurring... Uh, words that come up and images that come up in Night Vale, things like teeth and hair, things that are beautiful, uh, but also weird. Um, things like deer and birds, like I know how you feel about Bird Symphony, but I think that birds are beautiful and weird. Um, but yeah, there's the all of uh, that. So even just starting from the cold open with that. Um, and then we get in, and there's the big bad. The big bad is trees. It's a forest that's in the middle of the desert, which is like it's, it's taking a place that doesn't belong in the place and putting it in the place, which is what Night Vale is. Um, and then we get into it with the school board. So, we, yeah, we get the, the thing that is the organization thats uh, that doesn't do its job well, that's not functioning properly because it has sinister other reasons uh, or, or other reasons that are outside of its control why it's behaving improperly. Um, so yeah, there's lots of things in this episode. I also think it's a pretty funny episode. Um, yeah, it uses stru- it uses structure really well. There's lots of uh, playing with structure, which I think that Joseph and Jeffrey do a lot in their writing, with their list making, with their horoscopes, and their children's fun fact science corner, and their community calendar. And isn't uh,
1: this isn't this the first? I don't remember the community calendar being in any of the previous episodes. Am I wrong? Is this the first time? I don't know. Oh, it I, might be. It, I think, because I don't remember there being a community calendar. We've had a children's fun fact science corner. They talk about the traffic uh, and things like that. But like, this is the first time they talk about this. And I feel like the community calendar is a integral part of Welcome to Night Vale.
0: Agreed. Yes, agreed. It's definitely one of the structural tools that they use. That is that really, really is a good synergy and and uh, hits well with the the structure of the half hour podcast and the dispatches from Night Vale. It's a really great structural tool. Uh, we get Larry Leroy out on the edge of town. Yeah, there's there's so much Larry Leroy, uh, Larry yeah. Leroy, as Symphony would call him. Um, so yeah, there. This is yeah. To me, this is the like if you wanted to. Sh- tell someone
1: like what is what is this show like i'd say listen to 22 listen to whispering forest um also we do have a uh we're back to having an intern die yep Yep. um poor richard and uh you know what the other person whose name i love friggin' simone rigado i know like she's been in prior episodes but like I think the name just flows so well. And I know we talked to Joseph a little bit about how he comes up with names for stuff. And it's just like, la la, you know. But I feel like, wasn't Simone, like based on Simone the cat, like Jeffrey's cat?
0: I hope so. I certainly hope so. I hope that Simone the cat is forever crystallized in the world of fiction and the world of reality because he's (laughs) a beautiful cat.
1: For those of you who don't know... Who Simone the cat is? Simone is Jeffrey Craner, uh, co-writer of Welcome to Night Vale's beautiful orange Persian, and he is old and crabby and blind, but he's also a super sweet lover, and he just sits on the couch. and I was honored to be in his presence.
0: Yeah. When you first met Simone, the cat, were you like, oh, my God, let's take a selfie. I can't believe I'm finally meeting you.
1: I, that was literally the first thing I did. And I, <laughs> it's on my Instagram.
0: He's smaller than in, in real life, which is true of celebrities. You have people often say like, oh, he's so short in real life. <laughs> yes. Simone is definitely photographs larger um, than he actually is. It's the hair. It's the hair, I think.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's like Tom Cruise. He's the Tom Cruise of cats.
0: <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, let's go. Let's go back to the, the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I love that the, the the that a forest is the big bad. Yeah. yeah. Like a beautiful
1: forest is the big bad. That's that's great to me. And that, I have more to say about that later. But the idea of a whispering forest is already super creepy, and it makes me think of that like horror movie,
2: Day of the Triffids,
1: where it was like in. No, it was in like, or it's. Oh no, it might be just a story, but it's about like in Japan. There's this forest where. Um, people go to um, die and yeah, it's crazy. And like, or then, and like people disappear there and stuff. The suicide forest. I wrote that down yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It made me think of that. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if we could say suicide. Um, content
0: warning. We're saying the word suicide. Yes. It's okay.
1: One thing that I really enjoy is anytime Cecil gets to do something silly and like, when the whole, no, that thing is yeah. just cracks me up. And then I like to see how it's written in the book.
0: Yeah, Cecil gets to do a lot of voices in this episode. He gets to voice the Glow Cloud, and then he gets to voice the Whispering Forest, which is fun. It's really adorable to hear Cecil do a voice. Um, In the script book, he talks about developing the voice for the Whispering Forest and like using the clues uh, of what was written in the script about it, and then him just kind of going for it. Yeah. Um, And he said he had a lot of fun doing it, which is good, because if you're not having fun, what's the freaking point? Am I right?
2: 100%.
0: Fun. It's the best thing to have best thing to have. Um, so the, we get to the part about the school closures, um, and the school, the school board and, uh, seems to be having what I like to call real Sunday night feelings, like Sunday (laughs) night feelings are kind of like, what's the point? Like, why do we have to do this? I'm so tired and I don't want to, and there's, there's no point. There's really no point in doing this. We should just cancel it. So, yeah, they're having, like, some big Sunday night feelings. And so they just close the just close the school, which is great. And then D- Diane Creighton's like, hey, 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 let's not. Like, we need to, like, go to school. Let's, it's okay. And she tries to take it out with the sky. And then she ends up having sad Sunday night feelings of her own. So
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: is it safe to say? Or is this uh, – can we establish it as our canon that the tree she's talking about at the end is the whispering forest and that that's – part of its like siren-like song? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. We're all coming to the same conclusion, Lublin. Yes. I I love the dream journal segment. And I love yes. how I love how it is a super long setup to a very simple premise, which is trying to find people who are uh, dreaming about horses, is that right? Or bears?
0: Yes, it's so that they can so that they can market horses. to them, yeah,
2: yeah it's a whole it's a marketing They're just trying to find people who dream about horses. It's such a great I assume I assume that's a nod to you. I
0: wish I dreamt about horses. you don't I no, assume you do all no. I assume
2: you do when you're awake, you do
0: all the time. I do when I'm awake, I do all the time. So you daydream uh, about horses. I daydream about horses. No, I don't know. I feel like people's dreams are boring to no. anyone other than you, you know.
1: I can see that my dreams are crazy. Like, my dreams are nuts. I mean, I have very fraught my. I guess I don't know if that's a dream or a nightmare, but like, I'm not too upset about it once I wake up, you know? But right. like, they're really messed up. <laughs> like, they're really messed up. I'm usually fighting someone in my dream mm-hmm. or trying to deal with, like, trying to overcome some something that's been something that's wronged me. Yes.
0: You're trying to take out your revenge
1: and your dreams. Yeah, It's not even revenge. It's more like righteous feelings of righteous injustice. And like, I'm just like trying to rail against things. I don't know. Maybe I'm just Tamika Flynn in my dreams.
2: (laughs) Uh, When I was a kid, I, uh, my best friend was over and we shared the pullout bed in the basement so we're both asleep and I had a dream that Freddy Krueger was chasing me and that I was I was running towards like the one weapon that could destroy him. And I don't remember what it was and I don't think I knew in that dream. But I grabbed it and I was swinging like a like a baseball swing and then I woke up and my best Your friend friend's was like – He was like uh, – yeah, he had been dead for half an hour. <laughs> but he had claw marks on him, so it was Freddy. Now, uh, I – he he was like, "Can I have my pillow back?" Because I grabbed the pillow out from under his head, and I had it mid swing when I woke up. And that's the most interesting yeah. thing about a dream it was not anything about the dream, but what was happening when I woke up was way more interesting. Wow. Like that's the, that's the th- like I I realize like sometimes I think dreams might be interesting, but I think Meg, you're onto it because a lot of times it's like I had the craziest dream. I was flying. <laughs> like okay or it's uh, is it, yeah is there it's more? like
0: well cuz cuz dreams dreams make you feel all weird cuz your brain gets all scrambled around yes. and there's weird stuff going on and you're having different feelings and emotions so it feels like a really big experience for you and then you try to put it into words and you're just like but it was my mom but it wasn't my mom and then I didn't know and then my shoes were gone like it's just you know like
1: <laughs> it's well and it's, it seems like the more you think about it the more disjointed it, it becomes like yes like, I couldn't tell you – it was so vivid in my mind, like, the dream that I had, for example, this morning. But now I couldn't tell you exactly what was happening. I remember, like, l- bits and pieces of it and not in any sort of order that would make sense for a story. Yeah. yeah.
0: I have several recurring dreams. I often have dreams where I'm driving and I'm not very good at it because I'm asleep. Um, So that's like the frustrating thing where it's like I'm driving and I can't make it work. I have dreams that. Wait,
1: do you know you're asleep?
0: No. No. But I, I know that I'm failing at driving. And then when I, the, my rationalization is that I'm asleep. So, of course, I suck at driving. Um, and then I have dreams where uh, I'm trying to get ready to do the Welcome to Night Vale live show. And I haven't put my makeup on yet. I forget to put my makeup on. That's, oh, that's like, the I, worst. Like, look at, I, like, look at my watch and it's 7.55 and I haven't started doing my makeup. That's, like, one of my nightmare re- recurring dreams that I have. Um, and then another one is that I like to call it the Neo-Futurist uh, Nightmare, which is when the, the Neo-Futurist show that we do. the you, We do 30 plays in an hour in a random order um, and they get pulled off a clothesline and that's how you the mechanism you know what play is next and so my one of my nightmares is that the play gets pulled off the clothesline and we say we're going to do it and then nothing happens and everyone looks at me and I have no idea what to do so it's like it's time to do the next play everyone get ready get set up and then everyone just looks at me and they're like Meg this is your play. And I'm just there, like, without a single idea to
1: do. That's the actor's, that's a yeah. very actor's nightmare. Yeah. Where you're like, For sure. the people are like, come on, go on stage. You're supposed to be ready. And you're like, wait, what are we doing? What is the yeah. play? What is my role? I also have the dream. I know I'm saying, like, dreams are boring. What are you
0: talking about? I also have the dream where I'm in college and I have to take an exam and I haven't gone to any of the classes, which is, Occasionally, did happen in my college career, but,
2: <laughs> but, uh, uh,
0: but I dream I dream about it. I dream about it now to pay it, pay for it. I think
2: uh, my my two closest to the to that actor's nightmare uh, was once in high school. I had a bit where uh, the only bit I had in the, my freshman year in the spring musical was coming out and doing a monologue about how bitter. I, like it was a weird musical about a high school reunion by a bunch of kids who were not out of high school yet, and mine was like <laughs> I hated all these people who were in my yearbook. And the yearbook prop was missing. It was my only prop. This was in the dream or no, in real life? This happened in real life. Oh. So I grabbed someone like someone
0: touched the prop table. Yeah. It's wrong.
2: Exactly. I grabbed like an L magazine or whatever and went out <laughs> and made that the, the uh yearbook. And then another time was at the Bell House during a Thrilling Adventure show in the middle of a Beyond Belief. I had a voiceover, like I or a little narration bit. But I'd gone out into the crowd to watch it, and I didn't realize it was in there. And I was talking to Ben Blacker. We were just having a conversation. And then all of a sudden, Paget Brewster just says, uh, like, episode 79, true believers, in her own version of my Beyond Belief narration. And that made it – that turned from an actor's nightmare into an actor's dream (laughs) because it was (coughs) so funny to me to hear her try to do it, like cover and do one of my voices was precious Oh my gosh yeah
0: i missed a cue at the bell house once uh, i got to the stage but i wasn't ready to perform at all so cecil was kind of vamping while i was like flipping through my script being like shit i
1: just just, <laughs> just i was waiting to go on stage but i was just like totally zoned out <laughs> yeah something- i've had some pretty i've had some pretty close calls but i've never because i will straight up go on the stage with my shoe unbuckled if i need to you know what i mean um but there's definitely been times when I thought I had more time in a live show for example and I'm like getting ready and then I'm like oh wait we don't have those guests anymore ah, I I got to go Yeah
0: then I the fail live show. I think, for let me see, I have, I think I have either five or six separate entrances and they're all at like random points during the show after like extended periods of time. And I'm always, I, I tour manage, so I'm always doing other work backstage during the show. Yeah, And so there's lots of times where I'll like look up and be like, oh shit, <laughs> gotta go, gotta go. I got to go be dev or I got to go do the credits or I got to go, you know, in, the intro Cecil or, you know, get the musical guest off stage or whatever it is.
1: So actually my favorite one of those actually happened recently and it didn't even happen to me. We were in Minneapolis. Do you remember this Meg? And Mal was sitting there. <laughs> Mal Blum is a lovely person and we love you Mal. Shout out. Um, Cause they're also a listener. Um, and <laughs> I was like, hey, Mal, aren't you supposed to go on in, like, a minute? (laughs) And they were like, oh, oh, yeah. And they start following me up the stairs, and we get halfway up, and I go, Mal, do you need your guitar? (laughs) And they were like, oh, and, like, went back to get their guitar. It was the best and worst thing I've ever experienced. But, like, I wasn't going to let – I wasn't gonna I was gonna back my boy up, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, we we try not to let people we're not like cruel being like, well if they miss it, they miss it. You know, like we, <laughs> right. we try to help each other out back there. Yeah. Um but yeah, we get real tired and we do the same thing every night and we get real tired. So sometimes you can't remember where in time you are, and you're like, right. Did we do the weather already? Am I going up for bows or am I going up to be Deb? Where where am I in time? What city am I in? Who am I? Whose shoes are these? <laughs>
2: I did get really stressed uh, for the Charlotte, uh, the Charleston show because I almost didn't make it to the theater. Oh, my theater. gosh.
0: You were like – you were landing when oh, we right. were starting the show.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. If you were at that Charleston show and you saw me come on stage, I had arrived maybe 15 minutes before that, 15, 20 minutes <laughs> after <laughs> a was crazy a ride. One. Yeah. I had, I had like a two-hour delay on my connecting flight and I was out of my mind, out of my mind, out of my mind, stressed. I do not. I know. I felt so bad. (laughs) You, you were all very good about it, and we got through it. And once I was there, I was fine. But getting there was very stressful.
0: It's yeah. That's it's so tough being try like being in someone else's control, particularly with traffic Mm -hmm. or with an airline, or and you're just like, uh, how is this? You know? Yeah.
2: I'll tell you what would have made me feel better is if a nice whispering forest had. Said nice complimentary things to me, like they did to Larry Leroy. Yes, like they did to Larry Leroy.
1: Yeah. Why is the Whispering Forest yelling in my brain? I know it says whispering, but like in the script book, it's all caps. Do you think it's just because it's like no? Because when any he, he'll talk about other people saying stuff, and it's not in all caps. Because all caps to me means yelling. Do you think it's because it's like an ominous thing? I think
0: it's because it's like otherworldly. It's like different and big and different and like, yeah, some other type of communication that maybe isn't necessarily yelling, but it should be jarringly different. Okay. Than
1: Than a regular human person speaking.
0: Yeah. I love how Larry's like, yeah, the woods seem really nice and cool, but you know what's cool? Television. Right. (laughs) my laying around time
1: you know <laughs> like. but you know what when an iron chef america marathon is on you got to take advantage because that show is good i like it
2: yeah i like it too i do as well
0: i like alton brown what can i
1: say i like alton.
2: he's so yeah. great he's so smart yeah you learn a lot by watching that show
1: uh you know what else we're learning right now is that the moon is a lie <laughs> yeah yep
0: I've known that for a while, that the moon is a lie.
1: Uh, I always think it's so fun when they talk about how, like, the moon itself is not real and, like, the moon landing and things like that are not real, which also plays into the whole conspiracy theory thing that uh, we've gotten as a recurring sort of thing in uh, Night Vale. But, I mean, because everybody's heard that, that the moon – Like that the moon landing wasn't real. But like, is there an actually held belief that the moon itself isn't real in real life? Not in nightmare? I'm sure there's some dummy somewhere that believes that the moon isn't real.
2: Yeah, if you can think of something that is that sort of over the top, somebody definitely believes it. Like no question.
1: (laughs) Do we have any moon truthers out there? I'm sure there's moon truthers (laughs) out there. Um, And then Buddy Holly returns. To Dark Owl Records. That's always so funny to me because everybody knows, well, Buddy Holly is gone. Anytime they bring in characters that are celebrities from our world, I think that's so interesting. I think that's why a lot of people have the thought that Night Vale is like an afterworld sort of place. Yeah. A lot of dead celebrities. Yeah, yeah. Specifically
0: at Dark Owl Records, it seems to be a real hotbed for for dead celebrities. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Symphony, do you remember the record store you went to with me where they had the records in old filing cabinets?
1: That was in. Yes, I do know exactly what you're talking about.
2: Pittsburgh? No, it wasn't Pittsburgh. Was it in? I'm gonna think about it. Newark?
0: Was it in Kalam Was it in Kalamazoo? Was it in KZU?
2: Uh No, because we didn't – oh, no, it was in Ann Arbor. You went with me in Ann Arbor. Yeah. I just got those records in the mail, by the way, that I got. They they just arrived and they all sound great. But uh, I imagine Dark Out will look like something like that where it's all like yeah, sort of found objects and thrown all together. And like uh, uh, every store now that sells vinyl that I walk into, I feel like I'm not cool enough to be there. Because you're not. Yeah, True. (laughs) <laughs> but no one is no one
1: but no one is no yeah. one is hell <clears throat> not Thank even
2: me you. what
1: um i know um but this also <laughs> the fact that meg was the one who knew just doubles down my thought that meg knows all yeah oh i do she was following us around i know where everyone goes <laughs> <She's> <laughs> well, i have to, to keep track tracking the on us
0: no, it's just like a it's a tour mom thing. You know, we have eyes in the back of our head. Yeah,
1: we're glad yeah. you're there, babe.
0: You just try yeah. to keep track of everyone, make sure everyone has what they need, and that they they drink their water, that they eat their greens, and that they get to the stage. Yeah, yeah. and that they go to a record store in Ann Arbor. <laughs> um but they get their lunch records or no, those ann arbor that was a we got we all got ice cream and then y'all went to the record store yeah
1: that ice cream was good
0: that yeah. was a really fun night the ann arbor show mm-hmm. yeah um, it, really it was, was really fun that was the one where we we met that guy the what the, the sound guy was using the bathroom in the dressing room and we were like we're gonna time you <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> oh yeah we uh, sometimes harass our casting crew, but, like, in a jovial,
2: yeah.
0: like, f- way. We were talking about toilets and fancy toilets, and Hal called the Mandarin
1: Oriental in New York to try to get the information <laughs> about what their toilets were oh, like. Oh, yeah. To see if they had one of those talking ones, one of those Japanese talking ones.
2: You guys, I I was on the phone for probably about 20 minutes with a series of people cuz i didn't i couldn't remember that that they're called toto toto's the name of the toilet and i couldn't remember yeah. i was like the fancy the um I, and i wasn't embarrassed i was like yeah i'm looking for the robot toilet room do you have those electronic toilets the ones that that make water in your poo hole do you do you have those
0: yeah. you're like i'm a future guest yeah. and um i'm a prospective guest <laughs>
2: I want a toilet that hates my butt so much that it spits on it. Do you have that toilet? <laughs> or loves it so much that it spits on it. Or loves it. I, you know what? I don't care what the spitting is as long as it cleans it out. Also, can I get one of you to run up real quick and test it out and make sure the water pressure is good? Because I require a heavy flow. A yes, I will hold.
0: <laughs> what they would use to wash off an ele- elephant at the zoo. Like, yeah. what do you, Is that what you have? <laughs>
1: If yeah. you, whatever you use to clean the bricks on your building
2: yeah. should be yeah.
1: shooting up a b-hole.
2: I need a power wash yeah. is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, that's
2: great. By the way, um, I, I love the Sunday in the community calendar. It was a day to clean up. Yeah. You promised. I, the, those little things when they slip in, it's another good Night Vale, uh, not trope, but uh, but device that that makes this an exemplary episode meg is that idea of right. it just all of a sudden becomes you are cecil's roommate or you are right. nightville's roommate
0: yes um and it's in this list thing and, uh, yeah, and then uh, speaking of another thing that makes it a definitive Night Vale episode is that we go to our high concept pro section, which is a sponsorship um, <laughs> for Red Lobster. Yeah. And it's like a, it's like it's a, it puts you in second person where you have been kidnapped and you're in some sort of disorienting place and you're getting some smells and some sounds. And there's scary and weird and bad and isolation. And it's an ad for Red Lobster.
1: <laughs> so uh, good. luck. I know it's controversial, but I kind of like – I know it's garbage, too, but I like Red Lobster. I Maybe it's just the Cheddar Bay Biscuits. They're good. Because the fish is not good.
0: No, it's very – it's frozen in microwaves. which yes. is the bor- two worst things you can do to fish. <laughs> right.
1: Um, <laughs> but the Cheddar Bay Biscuits are delicious. I have made them on my own, with like, from scratch. None of this buying anything in a box, because I'm not a fool – And they've been delicious. So that's my success story.
2: And you have no need for Red Lobster now. You've cut Red Lobster out of your life because you can make the only thing there that's any good.
1: But it's that they gave me the idea. Right. You know what I mean? Like, would I have thought to drown a biscuit in butter and garlic salt? Maybe. You would have have eventually gotten gotten there. But like a cheddar. Well, maybe. Maybe I would have gotten there. But I, you know, I might have been stuck on just regular biscuits and br- biscuits for breakfast only, like a fool, instead of this lovely thing.
0: Don't sell yourself short, Symphony. You would have gotten there. Yeah.
1: Maybe it's even holding you back. What are what
0: else could we be doing with biscuits that that is we're we're, you know, emotionally and physically stunted, mentally stunted. By the Cheddar Bay, we could be we could be new places, and we're not there because we're resting on the laurels of the Cheddar Bay.
2: Yeah. Also, you're you're essentially saying I'll never have as good a food idea as Red Lobster had, and that's not true. Wow. We all know <laughs> oh, that. Oh, wow. We that all know that. just hurt my heart. Yeah, you're right. You're better than that. Somebody
0: didn't.
1: I need to believe
2: in myself.
0: Didn't you bread chicken and Cheetos once? Oh. You know I
1: fucking did. What? See, that's better than a cheddar ray biscuit. In inflaming hot Cheetos.
2: Wait, hold the fuck on. What did you do? Yeah, friend. Oh Tell shit. Me, take me okay, through it.
1: So I make some of the best chicken wings this side of the Mississippi. Oh, they're chicken. Just gonna wings. Just gonna put it out there. Sure. So one thing I do is um I take the chicken wings and I, you know, do a do a wash, an egg wash. You know, and then I have crumbled up uh, Flamin' Hot Cheetos in my, instead of breadcrumbs or whatever to give it the crisp, yet also the spice and the flavor. So I add my own special proprietary spice mix to it, but I uh, put that in there and then I fry them shits up. Then I take it out, wait, not done. We roll it in the crumbs again, oh, in fresh crumbs, and then I bake the rest of bake it off in the oven because then it's fresh crunch, and you've got the the heat. Oh my god, it's good. What do we dip in? What do we dip in? Oh, I have I have an assortment. I like to make a, a chipotle ranch dressing. Mm. Um. A, or you can use a blue cheese, but because it's like the flamin' hot Cheeto, I the cheese go with the ranch, I don't even I don't even know how else to explain it to you.
2: Just dip it in like a queso for God's sakes. Stop fucking around. Whoa. Get a queso and dip it in there. You know I can only do so much cheese. You know what? Before my belly explodes. That's one night on the toilet for a lifetime of joy. <laughs>
0: Get one of those special toilets. Yeah. Get the call, go to the Mandarin Oriental.
2: Because <laughs> you'll be shooting water at the toilet, and the toilet will shoot water back, and it's like you're talking to each other. And isn't that a true symphony? Yes. You know? mm. <laughs> it'll be, like the, it'll be mm. like the fountain show at the Bellagio. No! The cast of Ocean's Eleven will gather around the toilet and think about the ice they just pulled off while you're going to the bathroom. <laughs> That's at the Mandarin Oriental in New York. That's the only place you can get that. <laughs> I found, I checked. Matt Damon lives there, basically. Does he really? Uh, who knows? For the for the purposes oh. of this, yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. He has his own suite there. Yes. The Ben Affleck suite. So
1: the next time you guys come over to my house, I will make you delicious chicken wings. How about that? Deal. Oh, please. I also want to get an air fryer, so I think that'll help
2: because then it'll be less fat. I'm mad because we were at your home like two weeks ago. I didn't even think about that you would want food. I didn't even know these wings existed. I get you were in the middle of being on the road. You're not thinking about I'm going to come home and make chicken wings.
1: Right. I always think of it as a winter food because I do it for football. Ah, Yeah, it's definitely a
0: a game day, a game day food. So Richard becomes a tree, which I think (laughs) – I see this whole thing as a, a metaphor for moving to the woods um, mm. where huh. it's like you get out of the city and you you really just experience the beauty of nature and the quiet and the peace and the love of nature and it envelops you and it's really hard to go back to the city after you do.
1: I thought of it as when, um, like I've talked about with my death wishes, um, it was where you become a tree you know, they put you in a sack or something and then you become a tree like that. Mm.
0: Yes. A green burial to tree.
1: Yeah. I think that's a nice way to go. Sure is. Up next, we hear from fans and friends of the podcast about their theories, comments, and questions. But first a conversation about this episode's weather. Stay right there. Good morning. Nightfell vale. we will return after a brief break.
2: you have trouble getting the sleepies like I do, having a good night's sleep, like a full night's sleep, let me introduce you to Feels, which is the premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. If you're like me and you have trouble, if you have stress, if you have anxiety, pain, or sleeplessness... You just put a few drops of feels under your tongue and you'll feel the difference within minutes And if you're like me and you are new to CBD like I was They offer a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience Feels has me feeling my best every day and it can help you too Become a member today by going to feels.com slash good morning And you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash good morning to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels dot com slash good morning.
0: That's the sound of me smelling my own armpit because I smell like a coconut vanilla cookie. And I smell like that because of native deodorant. Good Morning Night Vale is very pleased to be able to offer you 20% off of your first purchase of native deodorant by going to nativedeodorant.com and entering promo code goodmorning at checkout. I find myself very lucky to live in a time in history when deodorant exists. Think about how bad George Washington must have smelled and be grateful that you don't have to go anywhere near that. I don't want you to be stinky. I want you to smell great. And I want you to do that without endangering your body with harsh chemicals. Native deodorant can do that for you. Their products are naturally formulated and aluminum free. So you're not gonna be slowly poisoned by your own armpits. You're gonna to have to find another way to die. And while you're finding that other way to die, you will smell great with a naturally derived deodorant that actually works. Native deodorant is not tested on animals. So no narwhals, which are real, will be injured for you to smell awesome. Visit deodorant.com. use promo code goodmorning, and don't smell like George Washington.
1: This episode's weather was Winifred by Seth Boyer. Uh, Boyer, I I'm Boyer. gonna <laughs> I'm
2: gonna sound uh, biased because Seth is a personal friend of mine. Oh, really? Yes, I absolutely love this. It's my favorite weather so far. He is he Aww. Seth is a is a mega talented uh, musician, uh, and his guitar playing is beautiful. Like just everything about it, just. It hit me – not only that, but I uh, – not only do I love the song, but it made me think about last week's episode. It really made me think about episode 21 gave me that sort of – there was a nostalgia to it for me. There is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because about get like the yeah the song where it's like uh, give anything to get back with 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 her. But yeah, I I really I really like this song. Too. It was one of the ones where I wanted to look up the lyrics too, and I looked up the lyrics to it, and I was like, it's so heartbroken by it, but it's heartbreaking and uplifting because it's like I know like she's gone, but she's out there in the world is, fighting the fight. You know, is yeah. that
1: feeling called wist wistful?
0: Yeah, wistful. Whistful. Yes, yeah.
1: wistful for Hwinnafred. Hwinif- I liked I really like this song and I that's really interesting that you know
2: him yeah I met him how through, that, how that happened? through Ken plume through Ken plume and oh! and the double clicks and uh Molly Lewis yay all cool people uh and and Marion call because he uh he would I think he and Marion were touring together or he might have been playing uh for her uh or playing with like touring with her but that's that is how I met him. We had dinner together in San Diego, and we've kept in touch, and we both play uh, basketball on PlayStation 4. And when – he lives in Seattle, and when I, when I was there for PodCon last year, we tried to get together to play basketball during the day, like the one time. In real life? The one part a day I was able to do it. Yeah, we were going to get together and go play some basketball, which, which we still need to do at some point when we're both in the same city.
1: I wasn't sure if you met – Basketball, like a, a video game, or like actual basketball.
2: I would have taken either one, but we were going to actually hoop it up. <laughs> uh,
1: okay.
2: He has a cover of All Star by Smash Mouth that he plays yes. on the piano in his style that is that makes that song uh, beautiful in a way that it's not normally.
0: That song is normally beautiful because – Hey
1: now, you're an all star. Mm. Get your game on. Go play. <laughs> All, all that glitters is gold,
0: Hal. Yeah. Only shooting stars break the mold.
2: Thank you, thank you for that reminder. I feel better now.
0: Yeah, it's a cool place, and they say it gets colder. Oh
2: God, you're bundled There's up more. now.
0: Wait, wait till you get older.
1: Uh, yes, uh, this is actually that's actually one of the songs that I'm sure we've played through in our in our car karaoke times when we drive along. Uh, but yeah. So that's wonderful. I I like when there's a personal connection to the artist, the musical artist that we feature um, in these episodes. So that's really cool. Now I want to find out more about Seth Boyer.
2: Look him up. He's uh, supremely talented and he has albums and and there's plenty of music to explore and purchase and share with everybody you know on the planet Earth.
0: He's got a band camp. There you go. Yeah.
2: That's where you go. That's where you find it all.
0: Stoked. Yeah. Dug song, dig Seth Boyer, dig digging, you know. Yeah, I do. I really do. I think it's time for us to make a journey into the fan zone. Fan
1: zone. Fan zone.
0: Inside the fan zone, cow zone. Today we got a little bit of, we got some ragot, we got some moussel, we got a little bit of guacamole, <laughs> we got some mortadell. Uh, yeah, so in, no, inside the fan zone, in Calzone today we have Anna. Anna writes to us and says, "Hi, my favorite episode of Welcome to Night Vale has been the whist- has to be the Whispering Forest. The opening line especially speaks to me, as I've always been a bit weird and I'm a, a marine biologist. Nice. I'm planning to get a tattoo when I finish post grad and actually have money. I also love the idea of a Whispering Forest. I can't say I won't be tempted to go join it myself. Fab show." I'll be writing it often. This is Anna from Northern Ireland.
1: Ah, oh, Anna, thank you Thanks. so much. Yeah. get a tattoo. Do it.
0: Yeah, get a tattoo. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I dig this episode as well. It, it's it's one of my favorite episodes. I think that so many so much to offer as far as favorites can go um, with this canon of episode of uh, episodes. But this is one to me that is yeah. That I've mentioned at the top. It's the definitive welcome to Night Vale episode for me of. of this is, this is what we do. And, of course, there's many exceptions to the rules out there of this is what we do. But this is this seems to be the the baseline of it. And, yeah, yeah. get tattoos. Symphony has a Welcome to Night Vale tattoo. I do. Join the club.
2: So does Joseph. Everybody be cool like us. <laughs> if I got one, it would probably have uh, Night Vale in there somewhere. It would, it would be an amalgam of a few different things. But I will not do it because I am a scared. Scared of what? Uh, I don't care for the pain or something putting something on there that I may not uh, feel as strongly about later on.
0: Okay, time is fleeting, Hal.
2: So is my skin.
0: What were we saying in the last episode about memory and, and your future and your choices hardening out? You know.
2: Well, this is my sliding doors moment. I'm gonna slide. I'm gonna <laughs> slide right out of the doors of that tattoo parlor and onto the street.
0: <laughs> yeah, the thing about, I've always thought about tattoos is uh, it's gonna hurt. Of course, it's gonna hurt. Doesn't matter where you get it or how you get it or who does it, it's gonna hurt. So, just like that's fine. You've been in pain
1: before and you'll be in pain again. And it doesn't hurt for that long. No, it hurts once it's done, like it doesn't really hurt anymore. Yeah,
2: how long does it take to get one?
1: It depends on how big it is and where it is and who's doing it. All, all of mine have been a half hour, like half hour or under.
0: Oof. Um, my big one on my arm was like an hour. It's fine. Spirit, the power oh, horse. My tattoo is Spirit, the power horse. horsing around all over the place. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, no, I I feel like tattoos are one of those things that the the pain of it is, I'm not even going to say worth it, because it's just like, okay, if you're interested, if you really want to have, if you feel that strongly to have something on your body yeah. for forever... Then uh you know, you're gonna have to deal with a little discomfort.
2: Yeah. Just I like in yeah. life. I'm okay not having one. But I'm I'm okay. full support of everybody else having them.
1: You're not gonna get Jennifer on your neck.
2: I, I would rather have actual Jennifer on my neck than the word Jennifer on my neck. <laughs> How's that?
0: I'm gonna get Joe Bob tattooed on my butt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> one word on each cheek?
0: Joe Bob think. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh my God! Please do yep. that.
0: Ugh. I
1: know. Um, if Joseph didn't hate being called Joe, I would go for it. I'm actually gonna get Mambo added in uh, on his anniversary of his passing. Are you gonna get a photo, a picture of him, or a- I haven't decided that yet. I'm like figuring out like the style that I want. There's
0: so many great tattoo artists in Chicago who do gorgeous animals. I can, I'll send you some names. Yeah. Ooh yeah please do Yeah, I follow a bunch of them on Instagram and they just do like really great animals um, so I think yeah I think get the picture that's what, my other thing about tattoos is get a cool picture just get a cool picture like things are gonna you know th- if you want to talk symbolism you want to talk words you want to talk whatever get something that you like to look at yeah um, ideally so. so do that Anna do that get a jellyfish tattoo maybe get some night quotes around it maybe get an eagle clutching fire taking off, taking off of the moon.
1: Ah! So next we have Arden. Arden writes, hello. I love your show and look forward to listening, listening to it every week. Oh, that's nice. I love all your food conversations too. Please never change. We will not Arden. We will not. The whispering forest is my all time favorite episode, mostly because of the whispering forest itself. If I was going to die slash lose my human body in Night Vale, I would definitely choose to be absorbed into the Whispering Forest. My question for you, we already know how you all would like to die in real life, thanks to an earlier episode. But what would be your preferred method of death in Nightvale? Struck by a falling animal from a glow cloud? Eaten by station management? Trapped between worlds after drinking jp's oj thank you arden and they're she her pronouns which is very nice thank you for letting us know yeah
0: Yeah, if you're comfortable when you email us to share your pronouns that'd be great because i don't want to misgender you when i'm reading your awesome emails um Mm -hmm. and i want to respect who you are but if you don't want to share your pronouns that's fine i'm a they you i'm a they you they you all day um (laughs) Um, yeah. So how how do you wanna die in Nightvale? I mean, I do the dying in the whispering forest seems pretty chill. Of yeah. all the deaths that you can have in Nightvale, like being absorbed into a forest that's nice to you, yeah. seems like pretty sick. I'd kind of want to go out a big splashy way though. Let me think about it. Is anyone else
1: ready? Yeah. I think about because I'm fully committed to my character in my life, that I would want to go out in like in a full on fight with a librarian and, and like maybe like some acid gut. In a, a wrong place, you know, or they like bit something and like I can't come back from it or something. But um, I also feel like I would prevail in that way though, too. So I just want it to be in a big fight where I'm like kicking a lot of ass and I take like a, I die in a noble hero like way.
0: I want to eat invisible pie until I explode. <laughs> go with that
2: one. <laughs> uh, I would go sandstorm style trying to kill my double.
1: Woo! You think your double's stronger than you?
2: I have no idea, but it would be a Superman three junkyard fight for sure, and I am here for it. Okay. Whoever wins will open up their button-down shirt, and then you'll just see that Throwing Adventure Hour Welcome to Nightville crossover shirt that I have two of.
0: <laughs>
2: that are both like practically just handkerchiefs now, but I will never stop wearing them.
0: We can get you another one's reprinted. Let me put it on the list. Thank you. Put it. Let's put it on the list.
2: Uh, Magical Rose writes. So I just went to the Philadelphia live show. You guys did great. Oh. And at the end, Hal throws out a couple of tasty cakes. This is true. One of which hit my friend in the head, and I am the proud owner of it. <laughs> and also, thank you, Hal, for signing it. My pleasure. Thank you for hanging around afterwards. I feel like uh, uh, l- before I get to Magical Roses' main premise, I just want to point out that I-, I wanted to have more tasty cakes I went to the 7-Eleven that is uh, right around the corner from the Keswick Theater, uh, in right near my hometown of Huntington Valley in Glenside, where that theater is, um, and I, I thought it was going to be like two Tasty Cakes for a dollar, and they were like two bucks each. So I got two of what? them and threw them out in the <laughs> audience. The last time we were there, I took a bite out of a soft pretzel and ripped that up and threw it into the audience. I thought this was cleaner. Who knows- yeah. uh, uh, you know, the next time there is a show in Philadelphia, who knows? Maybe I'll just start throwing loaves of scrapple out there. But I will always, <laughs> I will always have food for my people in Philadelphia. All of this I'm to just say,
1: throw food at you.
2: <laughs> yeah. So magical rose, uh, who saw their friend hit in the head with a tasty cake, and they got that tasty cake sign. So a lot of highs and lows in there. Uh, they got them thinking that Steve Carlsberg's scones are just tasty cakes. Great theory. Uh, if they were, they would be peanut butter candy cakes, and that is candy and cakes, all with Ks.
0: I love a tasty cake. A butterscotch crimpet is delicious. I yeah. don't think that they could be Steve Carlsberg scones because no one is ever mistaking a delicious butterscotch crimpet for anything <laughs> other than delicious and
2: perfect. That's right. And it's got a no very unique like, shape.
0: that crumpet's dry. It's not.
2: <laughs> never. No, never. Uh, I also, when I was growing up, I loved – um, their fruit pies Which are similar to the Tasty Cake Except that they were more pillow-like They weren't like, that crescent shape And they didn't have uh, any uh, frosting on them So they weren't glazed or anything
0: They had like a light glaze, didn't they? No,
2: there is one There's a Dutch apple pie that has that but, yeah. Or a French apple no, I think it's Dutch But oh, The cherry pie I'm yeah.
0: remembering the cherry pie
2: I would get the cherry, the lemon, and the apple Tasty Cake fruit pies When I could at At, at, uh, at Abington Friends School Where I went for 11 years uh, I, I love them. Like if I got to have them, that was a very special treat for me.
0: Is that why you're such a good friend, Hal? Because you went to friend school for eleven years.
2: Yeah, I learned how to be a friend for eleven years. It took eleven <laughs> years to teach me how to be a friend, but I think I, I I'm doing pretty well.
0: You're nailing it, Hal. You're nailing it. You
1: Thank guys, you. I didn't I didn't take have a tasty cake at all. I've, I've never had one. Oh well, We're have next to remedy time. that.
2: We yeah. did have uh, we did have Tony's delicious cookies. One of my uh, best friends. His oh yeah, those are made really cookies good. Cookies and almond bark, and I left the cookies. I was gonna bring the cookies back home, and I left the cookies on the counter in the kitchen no. in Philly. So now my dad and his girlfriend and, and the and the kids are gonna eat all of them. So I'm glad they're getting a good home, but I'm very upset I didn't eat even more of the. I ate so many of them backstage, I couldn't stop.
1: I ate a lot of them too. I ate a lot of them. I ate a lot. Yeah, because they were like little and like a perfect one bite. Yeah.
0: And we had such a rough day that day we, yeah. we drove in from Maine and we got stuck in horrible, horrible traffic and it was like so rough and we were so tired and like everything was not on the level. It wasn't going great. But I mean the people at the Keswick are awesome. So we walked in and it was great and they had a ton of food for us, yes. which is great for me to just sit down and stress eat. I ate so many of those cookies. I walked off stage and put a cannoli in my mouth like instantly. I was like, Oh, is this a tiny is this a tiny cannoli for me to like just sh-? like anytime I walked off of stage I put a dessert in my face.
2: Good for you. <laughs> And I went and got. I immediately left and went to Glenside Pizza and got a cheese steak. And guess what? It was great. That oh, was a great really? cheese steak. I'm glad I did it. I, no, no offense to the Keswick and the wonderful food that they put out, but I, I had to get a cheese steak and I did not have a lot of time in in the city, so I made it. I made a rash call.
1: It's tough. Also, when we're on tour, like we don't have a lot of time to go get food, but when it's something like so nostalgic to your life, like you're like, I need to find it and shove it in my face Yep. before I leave this place.
0: Yeah. Like when yes. we got up at that same day, which is the same day we got up at like 730 and went to oh, go get donuts. donuts? <laughs> we started our morning with donuts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was a, uh, that was a day,
0: but we made it. We did. Yay. We did. We made it to tell the tale and to move on to our next thing from JF. JF writes to us concerning, and, and this is also, I started um, this thing. We re- I realized 22 episodes in that just because we're not doing a fan zone in an episode doesn't mean that we shouldn't still talk about the recent ones surrounding it. So this is one uh, about episode 21. So JF writes concerning the episode 21, A Memory of Europe, Cecil talks about his trip he took to Francia. As I live in France and I used to live near the French Italian border on the French Riviera, I tried. to figure out where was Francia. My first thought was Cecil got lost into the mountains between the border and he believed as he is certainly a non-reliable narrator that France and Italy were the same country. Second theory Francia does not exist in the Night Vale universe and it is a microstate in the shape of a labyrinth just like San Marino stuck between France and Italy. I love uh, Good Morning Night Vale and I hope to hear more thoughts about Night Vale, uh, the weather and of course foods. Um, And before leaving as you once came to France and I missed the show because I didn't know Welcome to Night Vale existed before last year. Any good food memories from France and Paris? See you soon and uh, thank you, uh, JF. So yeah, JF, so many things. First off, thanks for being the international fan. We love we love our international fans. Um, and thanks for sharing your theories about what Francia could be. Um, I think I think that they're all valid theories and. Um, If you listen to the episode that was last week, you'll hear our theories about what Francia could be. Um, And we talked a little bit about our food experience in Paris, and um, I've had a lot of amazing times in France eating food. Uh, Last time we were there for the Night Vale Tour, we stayed in Montmartre, and I went to Le Coq Rico and had a chicken appointment for lunch and ate delicious chicken with my husband who loves chicken, and that was a beautiful time.
1: Uh, Yeah, I feel like every time I go to France, I enjoy myself, uh, especially because of the food. And it could be literally, I could just go to the grocery store and be the happiest little pig on the planet. Um, (laughs) You know, because you're just like, all I need is a good bread, some really nice butter, um, a bit of cheese, um, and like a, a nice meat or something and some fruit and veg. And I am so happy. And the quality of the food there is uh, really awesome. But one thing that does stick out into my mind, I can't remember exactly where it is in Paris, but when I went for the first time with my mother, we went to this street where every store, like there was a fromagerie and a a patisserie and a boulangerie and uh, all sorts of Places that were individual stores. And in America, there's, you know, you get, you go to a grocery store and it's got all those things in one kind of big conglomeration of a store. Um, But I love the fact that it was multiple different places. It's more artisanal. And like, it made me think that these people actually care about cheese and that's it. They don't care about cheese and fish and fruit and. This and that and this and that. So, you know, you get a better quality of food. And I'll tell you what, I am a lactose intolerant person, but I swear anytime I'm in France and most of Europe, I do not have digestive issues um, when I eat cheese there. It's
0: because the cows have um, universal
1: health care. (laughs) Right? Come on, America.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I gave my best Paris food memory, but I also uh, remember before that, the first time I ever visited, I was very lucky to go as a teenager with, uh, with some other French students from, uh, from my school. And we went out to a nice meal, and I was amazed at the amount of, like, creamy sauces that they included in their chicken. And uh, it was like, oh, this is French cooking, and it was delicious and glorious. And I remember the, the feeling of it more than I remember the actual dish.
0: French hospitality, those cows with health care, they make a beautiful
1: thing. They do. Next, Marissa writes, Regarding a memory of Europe, up until that episode, the implications seemed to be that there was a spot in the U.S. desert where freaky things happened, encompassing Nightvale and Desert Bluffs and a couple of other towns. Whatever the boundaries are, there's an outside. And this is supported by subsequent episodes as well. But then all of a sudden... There's all these creepy, impossible places in Europe as well. And it seems like everywhere Cecil goes is strange and otherworldly and that he doesn't have normal experiences even when he le- leaves Night Vale, even though other people do. Does Cecil create an aura of weirdness around him or is he just drawn to places of weirdness? Wow. Thank you, Marissa. Um, and I, I've i also thought that myself. um, I think he maybe is just drawn to weird places, but he's definitely a weird person.
0: Do you guys agree? I agree. I think that he's the lightning rod for the weirdness.
1: Yeah, but it already exists out there. It's just like he probably does also draw that
2: in. I agree that he's weird, but I stand by my theory from, from last week that he didn't actually go anywhere and was fooled.
0: Oh, hmm Yeah, that he was, yeah, he was the – the set of Francia. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> All right, that is it for this week. Of good morning, Night Vale. Next week is episode twenty-three, Eternal Scouts, and we will join you then and have more insight into the world of Night Vale. But until then, good morning, Night Vale. Good morning. morning.
0: Good Morning Night Vale is a Night Vale Presents production. It is hosted by Symphony Sanders, Hal Loveland, and Meg Bashwinner. It was edited and mixed by Vincent Cachione. It is produced by Meg Bashwinner. The music by Disparition. Special thanks to our fans who submitted their thoughts this week. Leave us a voicemail at 929-277-2050 or email us at info at goodmorningnightvale.com to share your theories and ask questions or to help a whale break out of an aquarium simply by raising your arm in the air while a Michael Jackson song plays. This show is powered by our patrons. If you're interested in supporting the show in exchange for lots of fun, exclusive insider, hyper cool kid content, check us out at patreon.com slash good morning for more information on this show, go to goodmorningnightvale.com and follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Night vale Chat. Special thanks to Christy Gressman, Jeffrey Craner, Joseph Fink, and Adam Cecil. Today's adverb is gingerly. Julianne Moore gingerly pressed play on the Carrot Top video and turned down the volume as not to disturb Rupert Grint, who is sleeping in the next room.
2: I want you to write a story about a wedding reception. I want you to make that story two minutes. That's about 200 to 250 words when you read it out loud. Finish it. Refine it a bit. Work on it. Get it to somewhere that you are happy with it. I want you to delete it. That's me, Joseph Fink, giving a short writing assignment on me and my welcome to Night Vale co-writer Jeffrey Craner's new podcast, Start With This... If that prompt sparked your creativity, then give it a listen, because on this show, it's you who will do the creating. Not sure where to start? Start with this. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.